Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Now this week we're going to look at exchange traded funds or ETFs as they're known and then get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market, where it's heading along with answering all of your questions and looking at stocks for you. Hello, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we are Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Also remember as you click that subscribe button, hit the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also remember to tune in to our live Australian Stock Market Show every Tuesday 7 to 8pm Australian Eastern Time. Now this is the show where you get to ask us, the stock market education and trading experts, to look at your favourite stocks and answer all of your questions. In my report two weeks ago, I highlighted some alarming statistics released by ASIC on investor behavior in the wake of the coronavirus crash during March when the stock market was extremely volatile. In the report, ASIC indicated that new account openings for retail investors were up 3.4 times on previous levels. In addition, there was a marked increase in the number of reactivated dormant accounts. ASIC also reported that there was a sharp increase in retail investors trading short-term, highly leveraged markets. Well, last week's Beta Shares released its ETF or Exchange Traded Fund review for April 2020. And not surprisingly, it reported similar statistics with investors trading ETFs. The report states that in April, investors invested more than $1 billion in new money into exchange-traded funds. It also highlighted that trading volumes remained very high in April, albeit significantly lower than the all-time record of $18 billion set the month before. As you can see, these statistics are consistent with what ASIC previously reported. Right now, those who invested in exchange-traded funds have been rewarded for the decision, as the market has risen around 10% since the 1st of April although most of that occurred in the first seven days, so those entering after this period have not done as well. That said, in my opinion, the decision to invest during this time was very premature, as the market was uncertain, very volatile and extremely dangerous. The concern is that these statistics highlight two themes that happen consistently with retail investors. The first being that investors have not learnt and are still attempting to grab a bargain in the hope of making a profit. Well, this has worked out for them so far, depending on how the market unfolds. Now, this may not be the case in a few weeks or even a few months. 
The second and more important issue is that when investors profit from their decisions, it creates a false reality as the majority do not realise the ramifications of their decision to invest. Given this, they will once again attempt to bottom pick in an effort to beat the market. But history dictates that retail investors get it wrong more often and consequently lose a lot of money. So what were the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, the material sector had a good week with commodities rising and was up over 6%. Information technology was not far behind, up over 5%, as was the energy sector on the back of oil rising off historical lows, although I'm not convinced the energy sector is bullish, not just yet. The worst sectors, utilities, while they were down 2%, as was healthcare, whilst consumer staples, that was down 1.85%. Looking at the ASX top 100 stocks, Worley was up 14.56%. That was followed by Stockland, that was up 13.7%. With Oil Search, not far behind, up 13.38%. The worst performers include Unibail, Redamco, Westfield, and that was down 7.92%. This was followed by Osnet Services, down 6.35%. And Spark Infrastructure, well, that was down 4.95%. So what do I expect in the market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts of our S&P 500, all ordinaries index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and look at the stocks you've chosen for me. Well, last week started out ripper because our market did go up very well earlier on in the week, but uh, came back a little bit later on in the week in that in the return of more indecision and a little bit more bearishness in our marketplace. But let's go and have a look at the charts and I'll actually show you what I mean by our market's not showing me that it's going to push through. So on your screen at the moment, I've got a chart on the left-hand side, I've got a monthly chart of the All Ordinaries Index and on the, the left-hand, sorry, on the left-hand side, it's a monthly chart. On the right-hand side, it's a weekly chart. And we can see how this it was May sorry this is March's bar very very bearish closing up here then we had uh, April very very strong opening on its low trading right up but so far here we go we've got one week left in May it's pushed down it's pushed hasn't pushed up much from where it closed in April we closed in April at five five nine seven points and currently in may we're at five six zero eight points so not a lot of difference in here but it's it's tried to push up but only a little bit most of the moves been downwards here um, throughout the month and we're opening and closing right near it now if we open up the weekly chart and we have a really good look at it we can see what we're talking about here this bar very indecisive this bar very weakish indecisive nice strong bar a bit of a weakish bar another weak bar another weak bar good bar weak bar indecisive and obviously this was last week closing on friday the 22nd of may now open there on the slope pushed up again earlier in the week came right back and Although that said, this is the highest close we've had since way back through here. So there's our highest close on the 6th of March. This one closed at that point there at 5590. Last week we closed at 5608. So that's highest close since this early bar in March. So that is a good sign. But the issue is that we do need to get through this 5859 points for really for me to think this market is bullish. Until it gets through that, uh, I'm really going to struggle to say the market markets bullish it has the good news is is last week I said we needed to get above this high of five six two three for me to start changing my opinion and I'm really starting to change my opinion although I'm not super bullish yet and I'm not even mildly bullish yet I'm excited 
but I'm not getting too bullish at this point in time. It'll depend on what's going on. If we go down to the daily chart, you'll see what I mean what happened last week. We had this big um, bar on Tuesday after the Dow took off 900 odd points and everybody's saying, you know, has my opinion changed now the Dow's gone up 900 points. One day doesn't make a sheep station and one day doesn't make a difference to the bigger scheme of things. It's just one day. But what happened after that big one day? A bit of an indecisive bar on the Wednesday, more of a bearish bar on Thursday there, and obviously Friday's was more bearish again. So for this market to prove it's bullish, we do need to start moving up through again. We need to see some upward moves again. We need to see price break above that high of Thursday there at 5721. We do need to see it move up through to that 5,000, roughly 5,900 points. I do need to see it up there, uh, right up there and stay above that. Um, it, there's no reason why a market couldn't be bullish for the next two, three, four weeks before coming down into its next shorter term low. Um, but right now, if we start hitting a red bar this week or a downward bar this week uh, and it trades below 5492 then I would expect we're going to get a retest of this lower 4429 back from uh, the 23rd of March I think was the exact date that's the week ending date you see there the 27th of March so right now we're still there but we're looking a bit better so the pendulum in terms of whether the market's bullish or bearish is swinging slower towards the bullish side of it it's still on the bearish side of it at the moment but we're getting close to moving into that bullish side and I'm still thinking it's still a little bit too early to jump and buy lots of stocks you should be buying good quality stocks right now you should be not putting all of your money into market I know quite a few people have uh, said to me they put all their money into the market because they saw the big move up in April and they've jumped in and most people jumped in too late on that move most of the move happened in the first couple of weeks um, and the last sort of six weeks, the market's really sort of been going sideways, as you saw a little bit earlier on the chart there that I was showing you. So right now, still not the time to go full into the market because we're still in that period of uncertainty and the market is moving on speculation. The Dow moving over 900 points last Monday on Monday, which is Tuesday in here in Australia. It was rising on speculation that a COVID-19 um, vaccine had good trials and it's, it was all based on hot air. There was no real, not a lot of proof in that. And so we do need to be careful about what we're doing. But let's now go into your questions for me this week. Now, the first question we have today is from Art Kido. He says, hi, Dale, I became a follower of your year since April. Could you talk about Telstra in your next video, please? Hopefully this time you would answer me. Also, I'm considering buying your book. Uh, it sounds very interesting. Mate, just buy the book. It's, you know, it's only $30. It's not really much if it will teach you to trade. It'll teach you to understand the market, what, how to create a portfolio, how to buy, how to sell, how to protect your capital, how to set a stop loss. There's so many things within that book for $30. It's not even a, a consideration in my book or in my case. You just buy it and it'll teach you a whole lot of stuff that will help you a hell of a lot on the marketplace. But let's go and have a look at Telstra for you. Now, on your screen, you can see Telstra. On the left is a monthly chart. On the right is a weekly chart. Now, Telstra was one of these stocks that I kept all calling the dog stock of the market for so many years it wasn't funny because if we keep zooming back you'll see why and uh, if I go back to the monthly chart you can see here it's all-time high it was way back in 1999 so and it fell so heavily all the way down into that November 2010 to 255 
It did make a nice big move up here uh, right through to February 2015, but more recently fell down to, into June 2018 and is looking better. Now, is this stock bullish or bearish? Now, sometimes you'll see stocks that do this and then they just travel along sideways for quite a period of time. There's a couple of things going in Telstra's favour. Obviously, it is the telco market. There's not a lot of competition in the market in, in terms of what it does. But Telstra is also a, a, a media company, more so than a telco company in terms of streaming media, obviously, you know, Big Pond TV movies, Big Pond movies, those sorts of things. So it is in that area, but it has been looking a little bit more bearish of like, there's the high there in August last year. Uh, it came down into that low. It still looked quite bullish there, but here's the interesting thing back here in, uh, where's that bar there, in February this year. It didn't really travel on. Obviously, March hit it pretty hard, and we've seen the, the stock fall reasonably hard from that sort of level down there. So 27%, down about 22% roughly from that high there. Holding up at the moment, it's not falling further, it's not going up. And that's the interesting thing about this stock at the moment. If we now go to the weekly chart, you can see it's gone up the last couple of, little two weeks ago, it was nice strong bar. And then last week, while the market was a bit more bullish, the stock just opened on the time traded down most of the week and if we look here you can see what I mean here so here we go that is uh, Mondays it just sort of gapped up traded down Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday all trading down we need to see this stock move up um, I wouldn't be getting into it right now if you're interested in buying the stock I wouldn't be getting into it right now I think where the market is at this point in time or where Telstra is at this point in time is in that point where is it going to go up is it going to go down if it does go up it will not going to be a, a record breaker if that makes sense um, you're not going to see this go 100% in the next 12 months. It's a nice good stock to put in a nice good blue chip portfolio with a medium to longer term outlook. If you're looking for five years, I don't have an issue with Telstra. I think that we've seen the lows of Telstra, the long term low at that 255. I do think over the next five to 10 years, Telstra will be way above where it is right now. It is paying a reasonable dividend um, on the marketplace and it's a really, really safe stock. So they're the couple of things that I think about Telstra. But let's get into the next question. This one's from Glenn who says, Hi Dale, I'm 19 years old and I've just started trading in the Australian stock market. Fantastic. It's really good to see a 19 year old getting into the stock market um, and really wanting to earn some money. So he says, I feel like I'm learning a lot already, mate. You've only just scratching the surface from my guess at 19. There's if whatever you think you've learned right now and uh, multiply that by 100. There's probably there's, uh, from what I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not even um, making a judgment on you, if that makes sense. At 19, you can't know everything on the stock market. And you know, I look back at what I was when 19 and I thought I knew a lot of stuff about the stock market but and now I know I didn't know that much and then was like Einstein says education is a progressive realization of our ignorance so but uh, it is an exciting journey so I'm glad you're starting at 19 and, and really starting to look at the market I'd suggest you start learning a hell of a lot um, because the more you learn the more you'll earn and I'll say that again, the more you learn, the more you'll earn. A lot of people just guess at the market all of the time and that's where they struggle and why a lot of people think the stock market is gambling. Um, he, also, he goes on to say, I want to invest $10,000 this year. Fantastic, that's good to hear. Have you got any first trader advice? Yeah, number one thing is always educate yourself first, always. 
Um, and that's the thing is don't put your money into the market until you're confident that you know what you're doing. What we see a lot of people do is speculate. They get uh, tips on chat forums, those sorts of things. And rather than understanding the market, they just look at other people and don't take responsibility for what they're doing. So to me, the big things you can do is the first thing is buy my book. It'll teach you how to create your portfolio, how to buy, how to sell, as I said before. So get my book first thing. Uh, then what I would do is I'd start paper trading with some stocks. So what I would actually do is pick some stocks using some rules and tools that you've learnt in my book. Start writing them down and pick a few stocks. Don't put money on them, just pick some stocks and have a look to see how your understanding and how your your um, emotions are happening while you're doing this. And do that for a couple of months. And then once you're confident that you can do it, you can buy and you can sell. Uh, the, the ASX also has a trading game. That's a really good place to go to to test yourself. They do a trading game, I think it's every three months. It's totally free. Go to the ASX, ASX website, so it's asx.com.au. Register for the next trading game and do that because again, you're not risking any money but you're trading a big portfolio and you're trading as if it's real time and live, so please do that as well. Um, and you'll learn a hell of a lot more by doing that and then when you're confident, then start buying some stocks. Break your $10,000 up into at least five different positions, probably more like seven to eight. Put roughly at least $1,000 in each position by high quality blue chip stocks and the biggest tip that I can give you is don't ever take a tip um, not from anybody don't take tips work it out yourself that's my advice for you matey but well done and thanks for asking the question uh, the next one we've got is from lurk in the shadows um, he says hi Dale my mate has property shares in his superannuation portfolio um, I'm not sure whether you mean he's got a self-managed super fund or it's a managed super fund. I'm not sure there. Um, he's currently down 18k due to share market fall. Um, he wants to move his super into, into a super fund that invests in cash only. Okay, so obviously it's a managed type of super fund. He's asking should he take a hit and move his money into the cash super or ride it out. Um, I know a lot of people are in this situation. What are your thoughts? Um, what you're asking me to do is give financial advice. I, I, whatever you do is whatever you do, and whatever your mate does is up to you, up to him. And I wouldn't be giving my mates advice if I were you. Uh, it really is. He needs to be talking to a proper, a, a qualified financial advisor on on his superannuation. It sounds as if he's in some um, a managed super fund, and he's got different options of that. Um, there's not a lot of detail. I can't tell you what to do. You know, you know my thoughts on markets. Um, you know my thoughts on trading. If you've been watching my videos, I'm always about cutting losses, short letting profits run. Um, but again, it really is tell your mate to go and get somebody who uh, who is a qualified advisor and ask them what he should be doing. And, and uh, you know, to me, the best thing you can do is educate yourself on what you should be doing. All too often people, the statistics are, you know, uh, like I shared with you on the ASIC reports, etc. Um, is people get it wrong all the time. They get into cash when they shouldn't be getting into cash and they get into the stocks when they shouldn't be getting into stocks. Again, educate yourself and uh, you'll do better and tell your mate to do that as well. The next one we've got is, I can't, I'm not sure I can say your name properly, um, but I'll give it a go. Um, Ulysses, I think is how you say it, um, but please excuse me if I got that one wrong. He says, hi Dale, uh, wish you well. I would like to ask the best way to re-enter my superannuation back into the market. Was lucky that I was able to put mine out in cash before the crash happened. 
and avoid the loss that's now happened. Just gathering information on the best way going forward. In hindsight, and I should now put a small percentage of, of it when it hit the bottom. Of course, no one knows the market movement. And I don't yet believe the current gains of the market. Uh, thanks for your very informative videos. My pleasure, mate. Um, you didn't miss out on anything and that's the biggest thing I want to share with people I've had a lot of emails and a lot of posts people saying oh I should have got in on the market I should I've missed out on the market I've missed out on the gains zero missing out right now nobody's missed out if you're still sitting in cash you have not missed out on anything other than taking high risk and I'll say that again you have not missed out on anything other than putting your money at high risk and that's got to be a good thing is the market when it's bullish it'll be bullish for years so you're not missing out on things so please don't think you have um, right now the best way to go back into the market if you're talking about the stock market or even in your superannuation I figured if you've taken it into cash you've either moved from a managed fund like the previous question or you've got it in a, a fund that invests in the markets and stocks in the market um, and may have moved it into a cash managed cash portfolio um, or you've got a self-managed super fund and you were in the market and you sold that and have your money sitting in a cash management account at this point in time either way it doesn't make much difference just do a staged approach. It's all you got to do. Don't put it all into the market. Just do a staged approach. You know, maybe put 10 to 30% in or 40% into the marketplace. If you do have a self-managed super fund, make sure they're big, good blue chip stocks that are going to be performing for the longer term. I'm talking three to five years plus. So that's what you should be looking at at this point in time. Again, best way to do anything is to educate yourself, learn, do your research first and make sure you understand what you're doing before you go and take that plunge. All too many people just jump in on speculation and, and think, well, hey, the market's moved up. It's moved up 30% off that low in March. The market must be bullish now. No, it doesn't. It's not really how it works. So right now is best time to as I said, educate yourself, do your research and, and slowly do a stage approach back in the market. But thank you for your question. It was really, really good. Uh, the next one we've got is from, I, again, another one. I'm not sure how to say it, but I think it's Akid um, who says, Hi, Dar, love your videos. Thank you. Um, your reasoning makes lots of sense to me and I think I'll just follow what you say for the most part. But that's okay, mate, if you want to do that. But again, test it for yourself. And, and this is what I say to people, my students and other people is, Listen to what I talk about, read my book and see what I do, but test it for yourself. Don't believe it. Test it for yourself and make sure that you understand and you know for yourself rather than just taking what I say, you know, because I can get it wrong just like anybody else. Um, and so whilst I'm going to give you a voice of reason all of the time, I still want to empower you to understand what you need to do for yourself. He um, goes on to say, I'm finishing my first book, One Up on Wall Street. Good book, mate. Um, although old but learning lots, and you would be learning lots, I would suggest. And I'm ordering your book soon for more recent infos along with the principles. Can I also say here is, most of my book is newer than One Up on Wall Street. The age of the book is completely irrelevant. It is seriously how I trade and how I teach traders you could have learned it a hundred years ago you know this is the thing is people think they need up-to-date charts and new books to learn the best stuff no the best books on trading are the oldest books on trading there's nothing new in their market other than electronic trading that's it everything else is the same how you analyze a chart how i analyze charts today you could have dropped me in 1920s and I'd be still doing exactly the same analysis in exactly the same way. I just wouldn't have a computer program helping me, you know, to do my charts like I show you. So, um, but you need to understand, if, once you understand the principles and the structure and have rules around the market, it makes it much, much easier. Um, he goes on to say, now my question, I never, I bought Maya shares, I 
think I had a look around on the, on my software. I couldn't find Maya shares on the ASX or in the US market. I typed it into Google. I couldn't find a share called M-A-Y-E-R. So I'm assuming you're talking about Maya shares. So please excuse me if I've got that wrong, but I think you're talking about Maya, not Maya. Um, Stock and made he made around 30% return on a thousand dollars invested in a couple of days. So I foolishly bought heaps more and now 21.6% in loss with $300. So he's lost a bit of money on the $300, the extra money. Um, is it is it is do depressing? Should I sell and start over and keep them hoping for recovery? Um, I lean towards the latter though. Um, basically, you don't compound one mistake by making another mistake. The mistake is not that you invested in Maya. The mistake is you didn't understand what you were doing before you invested in Maya. So you took a leap of faith into a stock that you didn't understand what you're doing and how you're doing it. So selling up and you know realizing the loss and then trying to do that whole thing again without learning, that's the mistake that you don't want to do. So that would double up on your mistakes. Understand what you're doing. So Buy my book before you buy another stock. That's my my strong opinion because once you haven't bought my book, you'll have some buy and sell rules, you'll understand some money management, you'll understand portfolio risk, and you'll understand about stop losses. But let's go and have a look at my shares because I think that's the stock that you were looking for or you were talking about. So let me put my glasses on and I'll go over to my shares. Oh, sorry, I did have it on my shares. Um, there's Maya here. So this is the beautiful stock here. It has fallen away quite heavily over the years since about 2009. And, and so we've seen this massive, massive move. But eventually a stock that's fallen that heavily will find support. Now, right now, Myers is closed. You can't go into a Myers stall. So therefore, there's no super reason why it should be going up, but it is. We've seen it starting to move up since this low here uh, on the 23rd of March. We've had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks up. And so far, and last week was a bit of an inside week. Um, it closed higher though. That's the highest close that it's had. So there's the close there on that bar is 29 cents. It closed last week at the same point, 29 cents. So we're talking about a stock that's moving up. What I think you did and this is just a guess, is that you saw this move up and you made this big move up and you bought more on this day. And what I'll show you here is uh, looking at this, going from this bar here on the 6th of May, you can see here the stock was up 118%. So to me, people would have jumped onto that. And this is what I find a lot of people do is they jump on something that see, they see a stock move and they jump on it and thinking they're getting a good, they're gonna get something that's gonna rise really, really fast. If you bought in on the next two, two bars later, you'd be up sitting up at around 102% profit. And if you waited, most people would have waited to this bar and bought in here. And at one stage, you would have been up 25%. But within a few days, you were down 24%. So my guess is, and, and again, I'm still only guessing at this point in time, is you've bought somewhere down around in here, made some good money on the first lot, bought some more in here, and then you set, and you'd hit that. And you bought completely at the wrong time. And this is a daily chart. But again... I don't think Maya is quite bearish. It's looking quite good. The only thing that worries me about Maya is it hasn't had a downward move and it will do that fairly soon. But again, my, my advice for you, read my book 
It, it will sort this out for you. It'll help you understand Maya and uh, you'll do really, really, really well. So, but thank you for sending your question in. And thanks for everybody for sending their question. And I really do um, like, like when people ask me some of those really tough questions and understand about the market. So please do send your questions in, post them down below. Remember, it's about Australian stocks and if you also about other questions if you like. Um, but if you have any questions you'd like me to answer, just do stick them below and uh, I will get to answer. And also remember that here on this channel we do um, these reports every single Monday and we also do our live stream every Tuesday night at 7 to 8 p.m. So I'll see all of you on uh, tomorrow night at 7 to 8 p.m. So hit that subscribe button now. Click the bell on the right of it so you know when we go live with our videos. Remember, when you click the subscribe button, you're supporting the channel, but we can't contact you or anything. It just means you like these videos and YouTube will keep serving you up when we do upload new ones. For now, I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.